Hello, hello. This is Art Smitten. This is Marcy. And today we'll be interviewing some very special people from a very special theatre company. Say hello, everyone. Hi, this is Lucy Seal. I'm Annabelle Mitchell. And I'm Nicola Dobinson. Hello, hello. And you all hail from Shakespearean Jeans? Yes, Shakespearean Jeans is the company Nicola and I established in 2017. Ooh, lovely. Could you tell us a smidge more about Shakespearean Jeans? Like, how would you describe it in a sentence or two? Oh, okay. We put on theatre shows that... I guess uh, trying to be contemporary and engage community of creatives who want to be making art that really says something, asks questions, engages its audience. And we are happy to work with existing texts and try to do something interesting and new with them, or in this case, work with our own text. Ah, uh, yes. It turns out you, you're like going to be showing off a new show very soon aren't you we are indeed we have a show coming up called her hour upon the stage which is a feminist adaptation of macbeth Hmm. now first things first where did you get the idea for the title her hour upon the stage so it actually comes from a monologue from Shakespeare's Macbeth, which is spoken by Macbeth himself. Upon hearing that his wife has died, he goes into this monologue, which a lot of literary theorists analyze to be, you know, this really beautiful monologue about life and death and about how sad he is that his wife's just died. But when you look at it on the page, it's not really about his wife at all. It's a bit more about him and his feelings and his experiences. And he talks about life and death using this metaphor of an actor upon the stage. And he says the line, his hour upon the stage, even though he's talking about his his wife. So I always found that really odd that all the pronouns are masculine when he's reflecting on his wife's death. And from one of the very early drafts of a scene for this show, I wanted to change that and use the phrase her hour upon the stage, because I think that is what this production is about, giving voices to the female non-binary characters and letting them speak. And so I used that phrase and then I put it down as, as a placeholder title and then never thought of anything better, so it stuck. <laughs> it's a good title. Like, just from seeing it, I can, like, it, impl- it tells a lot about the show and some of the, like, the themes it explores mm. and about the attention it gives to Leigh Macbeth, who yes. is played by Annabelle. Yes, yes. I am. <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to jump ship it a bit to, firstly, how did you, you come about the role and like, how have you found like, portraying Leigh Macbeth? Yeah, so how I came about the roles in How Did I Get It? Yes. Well, I did what most actors do and I auditioned. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. most of them do. Yeah. Yes. I went or I, I turned up and I, I didn't I didn't really have a huge grasp on what this whole thing was about, but I liked the vibe. So I auditioned <laughs> and even from the pieces that I was given to cold read in the audition, I was so impressed by the writing. I was like, gosh, I really hope I get this. Mm. Yeah, and as far as exploring Lady Macbeth goes, it's been a, it's been a definite challenge, especially considering I have played Lady Macbeth before in the actual like in the Shakespearean text Macbeth, and this is not that. This is a play that kind of takes off where that one leaves off, leaves ends, and explores something completely different. So 
yeah, it's been interesting balancing what I know about Lady Macbeth and what I have discovered through this process. Mm, very interesting indeed. Oh, this is a good question. <laughs> okay, so what inspired you? This is for, like, more for you, Lucy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. I guess, Nicola, as you are the one of the artistic directors of Shakespearean Jeans, what inspires you to do an anti-feminist adaptation of Macbeth? Like, you've already said a little bit about it, mm-hmm. but what made you want to, like, do a through Shakespearean Jeans and perform it as someone like the Butterfly Club, which is where we're performing at that? I guess I had the idea to write it, and I was perfectly happy to have that chugging away in the background and write when I had time, and I thought in the back of my mind, I'll get this up one day. And then I remembered, oh, wait, I co-own a theatre company, <laughs> so I, I could realistically get this up any time I want to. And then at the start of the year, I applied, and I saw this advertisement from the Butterfly Club for their one-act play festival they do at the start of the year and I applied for that and in my application I was like admittedly I haven't finished writing the script and the the festival was in like a month and they were like hey we love your idea doesn't sound like you're quite ready to put it on but we'd love to put it on here at some point so then I went in and talked to Xander from the Butterfly Club and sort of set up a timeline of when I thought I could complete the script, when we thought we could cast it, start rehearsals, and then that gave me a deadline to finish it, which I'm very grateful for because otherwise I'd probably still be writing it. And I think having a deadline really makes you sit down and concentrate and helps me to figure out what I wanted to say and realise that this this is a play we want to get up now and it has important messages that we want to get out there now. And then to be able to work somewhere at the Butterfly Club has been amazing and I think you in the theatre world just need to seize those opportunities when they come up. Yeah, maybe Nicola has. Yeah, and also having a name like Shakespearean Jeans means that (laughs) everyone was constantly asking us when we were going to put on a Shakespeare because we haven't done one yet. And we were sort of toying around with the idea of a couple of different shows and then when I read Lucy's script, I was fully prepared to tell her it was wonderful no matter how good it was, but I was like genuinely blown away with how well-written it was and so it seemed like the obvious choice for our next production. Yeah, we before her hour, we our first show was Medea by Euripides, which is a, a Greek classic, which we staged in quite a contemporary way, and then we jumped to a more modern show in 2018. We did Andrew Bavel's Speaking in Tongues, which is an Australian mm-hmm. show. Which I saw and absolutely saw, loved. Yeah. <laughs> and then we did something through Melbourne Uni for their creative arts tastings program we did like a 20 minute devised piece of theater making fun of devised theater which was a comedy and when we were thinking about our next project we again wanted to do something different because i think like we've only been around for about three years and we're still i guess we've found our feet now but we're still exploring what type of art we want to make and as soon as we do something we're thinking what's next and Mm. never really wanting to do the same thing twice so i think it was this sounded like something different yet again and after this Nicola and I jumping to a circus show just the two of us so again something different and who knows where Shakespearean jeans will go in the future (laughs) (laughs) oh my like that is very fascinating to hear I'm curious though how has the production process itself has been like through like the rehearsals and like fine-tune this play into something that could be performed at the Butterfly Club and all that It's been remarkably smooth sailing, actually. Um, We're lucky to have a very talented cast who are all very 
they give a lot to the show as well and, mm. like, constantly in rehearsal rooms. So that has yeah. made rehearsing very easy. And Lucy and I are used to working together, so we're sort of on the same page as well. And so that's made it very easy. <laughs> yeah, I think comparatively to our past few shows we really have this feel that we know what we're doing now and we are able to you know put together a production schedule and stick to it and communicate with the 15 people involved in the show yeah as Nicholas said great cast they they come in with so many amazing offers (laughs) and I'm sitting there thinking wow we're really lucky that I don't have to have all the answers because you have you know 10 minds in the space contributing ideas and giving their opinions which we're always welcome and then having Nicola to turn to when I'm like I don't know what to do (laughs) Um, it's always good to work in a team I think but yeah the whole process as well as the cast we've had a very supportive crew I guess compared to our first few shows where Nicola and I filled all the prod roles ourselves very foolishly because it's very <laughs> stressful to try and do everything. We now have an amazing team who do different things like publicity and, and lighting and stage management and that's helped it to be yeah, a very smooth process and lots of fun and we just get to relax back into our artistic roles and worry mm. less about, I guess, management stuff because it's all just happening. Mm. Now this actually leads me to my next question actually, rather smoothly, you might say. So... What have you learned from, like, going through, like, writing the play, the rehearsal process, and you're about to put it on? Like, what have you what have you learned throughout all of that? I guess it's been remarkable to see how much the script has changed from me just sitting in my bedroom trying to hear these characters' voices and, and writing away and trying to edit it. I guess a lot of the editing um, happened on the floor. I was really fortunate last year to be part of a playwriting program through Union House Theatre and was mentored by Mari Lurie, who's a playwright. And at the end of that, we did like a rehearsed reading. So I got to put on 20 minutes of the show and really see what it felt like. And we we were allowed to do it just reading sitting on chairs but I felt it it was a very physical show and I wanted to see it up in the space so I directed it a bit and had the actors move around and there there are five of them involved and two of them are involved in this rendition of the show but from that 20 minutes I then got a sense of the style and was able to keep writing and edit but then when we got it into the rehearsal room and seven actors are interpreting the roles it, it changes so much and we did have to make a few cuts because at the Butterfly Club you're limited to an hour and, you know, it is in the name. It should should be an hour long. Mm. So editing in that sense, but also, I guess, editing for meaning, like I might have written something and then an actor reads it a completely different way and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. No, go with your version. It's great. <laughs> and I guess finding the physicality and finding the humour, there's like a surprising mm. The surprising quality and, and style of humour within the show and I guess seeing it all up and happening and now we're two weeks out, it's like kind of surreal. I often say to Nicola after a rehearsal, I was watching that scene and I couldn't remember writing it because it didn't seem like something I'd written. Mm-hmm. It's so different and once it's off the page and on the stage, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really something special. Yeah, like... There is a lot you can learn throughout all of this, and mm. it's it's very like riveting to hear about it, like right here. Mm. <laughs> I guess it's a bit. It was a bit foolishly ambitious to, for my first full length play to be trying to be Shakespeare, but I don't know what else I would have done. <laughs> I mean, you've done a fairly 
the job. You like just, from you just wait and watch it. You'll, you can make up your mind after you see the show. I think it's great and I'm not biased at all. Thank you, Annabelle. <laughs> hmm. So this leads me to another question about some of the other characters. Like, you you mentioned this will be a feminist adaptation of, of, of Macbeth. Mm. What, what are the characters of, like, the witches? Like, what, what purpose do they do they have in, in this adaptation? The witches, I think, are very interesting because I guess when people hear feminist adaptation Macbeth, their response is normally, also Lady Macbeth, it's all about her. And as much as, you know, it is about her, um, I think it's really important to remember Lady Macduff. She only has one scene in Shakespeare's Macbeth. We've expanded her role significantly. And the witches, as you say, have a really important part in this story and are often sort of, I guess, used as a, as a plot device um, to, to give Macbeth the prophecies and then um, described in really interesting ways, I guess, through many productions of Macbeth. And in my research and in, in writing, I found that they are so often referred to as these, you know, I guess supernatural, almost evil women. And I found that quite odd because Shakespeare describes them as non-binary. And whether it's the language barrier or a cultural thing that we we refuse to sort of admit that they are non-binary characters, they always seem to be portrayed as women. And we found it important to to change that and make sure we explored the non-binary erasure and give a space for a new voice to be heard. And one of our actors who plays one of the witches, Liv, she was actually saying today that the play itself blurs a lot of the binaries between good and evil, male and female, and we're exploring what's in between and the shades of grey. And I thought that was really well articulated. Thanks, Liv. Um, It's interesting (laughs) when you hear other people describing what you've done in your writing and you're like, oh, didn't realise I'd done that. But I think it also says a lot to what the actors are able to put into the work and pull out from what's been offered. But yeah, the witches, I guess are still a device in this text, but they have a lot more agency and stage time and time to speak and give their opinions of everything that happens in Macbeth and everything that's happened since in the 400 years we've been putting that play on. Sounds really good. Like, it is it's very important to have more of a perspective on, like, like females and non-binary people. Like, as a non-binary person myself... It's it's good to know that there are characters like non binary characters that are going to get the, spot- the spotlight for once. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really good to hear. Now, my next and possibly one of my final questions, in a sense or two, how what kind of message would you want the audience to be left with after like after they finish seeing this play? Well, I guess as an actor, what I what I like about this play is that it, it is not didactic in that it doesn't shove a message down the audience's throat. I definitely want the audience to think and to go away viewing the world through a slightly different lens than from what they they expected. I think what I want is for the audience to go, God, I didn't expect that, and for them to be taken slightly off guard so that when they recalibrate back into, you know, their normal day-to-day life, they think a bit more about yeah I think again taking it back to those binaries through which we view the world about you know the the roles which we place women which we place on women and men 
and, you know, the characterization of certain women as evil and, you know, the virgin whore dichotomy, which we place upon pretty much all women. And um, to kind of think, oh, maybe it's not that simple. Maybe it also comes down to, like, who is being heard, that sort of thing, I suppose. I think as well one of the really important sort of ideas in the play is how the literature and the art and the media that we consume really feeds into how we sort of understand the society that we live in and like reality and so I think one of our goals for the audience is that next time they see a film or you know listen to a song or see a play or whatever they sort of engage with it a bit more critically and don't just absorb it but sort of question some of the things that they see or hear within that media and how that affects them and their sort of engagement with the rest of the world. Mm, Very insightful, very insightful indeed. (laughs) Now, on to possibly a really fun question. Where can we find your show? Like, socials. Mm. So, we have an Instagram and a Facebook, Shakespearean Jeans, or I think the Facebook is Shakespearean Jeans Theatre. You're also welcome to email us if you have any questions about the show, about access or content warnings. You can find them on the Facebook, and that should link you to the event, and you can go through and buy a ticket if you so desire. And it's on at the Butterfly Club in two weeks' time, from the 27th to the 30th of November at 7 p.m. Yeah, you should come along. (laughs) We'll be there, whether you are or not. (laughs) Well, there you have it. Thank you very much for this interview. Like, it is, honestly, it was honestly a really fun interview. And, like, I was, like, inter- even, like, if not always externally, I was internally blushing throughout all of it. Like, <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having <laughs> thank us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, this has been Lucy, Annabelle and, Nic- and Nicola on, like, who are upon the stage from Shakespearean Jeans. And this has been me, Marcy. And this has been Artsbitten on Sin. Thank you for listening.